Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This is the second podcast in which we are looking at the experiences of black researchers in science and technology in advance of an event being run by the Foundation on the 7th of December 2022. Funding institutions have a significant role to play in ensuring equity, diversity and inclusion within UK science and technology. With me to discuss some of the work in this area carried out by the Wellcome Trust is Dr. Diego Baptista, Head of Research and Funding Equity at Wellcome. Dr. Baptista, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Gavin. Um, thanks very much for having me and thanks for putting together this series of podcasts and the event you're having with the Foundation. You're most welcome. Just before we dive into some of the details then, tell me, what does the Head of Research and Funding Equity do? Uh, that's a great question, Gavin, because uh, actually, if you look across the kind of spread of jobs that exist within foundations, this is a relatively unique title. And I describe it across Welcome's equity, diversity and inclusion goals, which are broadly, uh, how can Welcome be an inclusive employer? So thinking about the staff here, how can we be an inclusive funder thinking about the diversity of who is a recipient of welcome funding? How can we become an, a, a funder that incentivizes inclusive research? Um, so how you build inclusion into research proposals themselves, thinking about the beneficiaries of research. What I work on and my team works on is in that job title, which is funding equity or inclusive funder and uh, research equity, which is around inclusive research. Fantastic. And that's exactly the kind of area we want to dig in over the next few minutes. So as a fairly general level, what information do we have about equity, diversity and inclusion within the UK research community? You know, how big is the problem? Uh, thanks for this question. I think it's really a really broad question. So I'm going to focus it a little bit more to reframe it around um, what information do we have about the lack of equity, diversity and inclusion within the UK research community, if that's okay. If we look broadly across the whole sector, things might be a little bit patchy, right? And um, if we look historically at this work, there've been a lot of folks within funders and within the research community have, that have asked, show me the data. So show me this is a problem. We have qualitative experiences that we can, we can gather from folks, but I, I want to see quantitative numbers that this is actually a problem. There are funding agencies who, who report on the diversity of who's a recipient of funding. Um, Welcome itself reports on, on these numbers. So for in, in 2019 and 2020, no Welcome awards were made to UK-based applicants reporting their ethnicity as Black or Black British. And additionally, the success rates for those who identify as Black, Asian, or minority ethnic remain persistently lower than for white applicants. So it's 8% so it's for those who are from Black, Asian, and minority ethnic backgrounds versus 14% success rates um, for those who identify as white. So the scale of problem is, is difficult to kind of measure or, or ascertain. So you ask how big, how big is the problem? I'd say this is quite a large problem. Um, if we think about how someone's identity plays a role, not only in how they solve research problems, but the kinds of research problems they're interested in, which has a knock-on effect to, to who's gonna benefit from the research itself. Um, if we are disproportionately excluding populations from participating in research careers, you're actually dampening innovation and research um, and because you're having some problems that will never get someone interested in solving them. Um, and so I think that's actually quite a large problem. So if that's the problem, that's the issue, which as you say is quite large, we then need to sort of say, well, how do we go about 
tackling them. And it's clearly a long term issue. And there are clearly many different organizations, institutions who have a share of the responsibility for taking action. But let's focus on the Wellcome Trust. That's where you work. How does the Wellcome Trust as a major funder see its own responsibility in this area? I think this has evolved over over many years for Welcome. And from a from a personal perspective, um, I've seen the organization move to a significantly different place where they see their responsibilities since once once I joined about four and a half years ago. Um, so as uh, you you know, and people hearing might know, um, we released a report that was an evaluation of our anti-racism program this summer. So a couple of years ago, Welcome developed what was called the anti-racism principles and a program of work to say, we want to move towards being an anti-racist organization, which much of that work intersects with what it means to be an inclusive funder or to support inclusive research or to be a, an inclusive employer. The report more or less said that we've made no progress in these areas and inaction has been quite harmful. It also states that Welcome is institutionally racist, which from my perception of organizations like Welcome, very few of them come out with such clarity on some of the problems, right? And we, we, we beat around the bush with language and, and it's rare that you see people use this language uh, in, in, in such an upfront way, which I think is a good thing. Currently, I think Welcome sees its responsibility in how do we look at our own systems and processes? So how do we train our committees? How do we look at the different parts of our application process? How do we communicate with our audiences? How do we guide our reviewers? We see this very much as our responsibility. Um, and I think we're moving more towards how can we use the mechanisms that we develop in this space to increase the diversity of who gets funding to build kind of frameworks and guidance that other people can pick up. So you had a report uh, two years ago, and then you came back and your report was fairly clear that very little progress had been made. I'm wondering how you're making that assessment. What kind of data are you collecting to try and make that assessment in order to hopefully, in a period of time, be able to report more positively? Yeah, so in response to the announcement of the anti-racism program and the evaluation, I'd urge yourself and, and listeners to, to take a look at that data set of the kinds of experiences and, and, and research they did to, to generate that review itself. Um, what we're doing at Welcome moving forward is looking quite critically at quantitative numbers around measures that we currently have in place. So for my area of work, it would be who is a recipient of Welcome funding, right? We can say that interventions have an effect if we are seeing a increase in the number of people identified as Black getting funding from Welcome. We're thinking quite hard about how to marry that with the qualitative experiences that people will have. One of the things about this conversation, one of the things you said in your early remarks is that it's actually quite hard to find the right language to communicate some of these issues. And you can see Welcome has been in advance of many people in being open on some of these things. And there are lessons that other institutions and organizations can learn from that, I'm sure. But can we tease out a little bit some of these communications challenges in kind of describing all of this because it is quite hard isn't it yeah and 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 right so you've you know we, we've recognized that there's this general hesitancy and lack of confidence around speaking about racism um, but, but you know we live in the uk we live in a predominantly white society um, that has many uh, uh what's the diplomatic way of doing this 
uh, we live in a predominantly white society that has benefited from whiteness over many, 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 many years. And it's, it's like ingrained in the culture. And speaking about racism isn't, it's not very mainstream. Right? And it is an uncomfortable topic for many, for, for a number of different reasons. And so when a particular concept is not mainstream and also comes with discomfort, uh, speaking about it comes, comes with challenges. But I think that's, that's why it's really constructive that organizations like Welcome are being very honest and reflective about these conversations. Um, and so it's how, how do we generate the conversation? And then how do we begin to think about providing solutions? for it, right? I think there's always, when you're communicating this stuff, a fine balance between, okay, we now we now have quantitative, qualitative evidence, this is a problem, and, and we must act urgently, right? There's a very tricky balance when communicating this work, and, you know, many populations have been sidelined and excluded for a number of years, and there's urgency to make sure that we're moving towards that, that happening less and less and less. Um, and there's also the, the urgency and pace that things can meaningfully change. You are dealing with systems that have, you know, kind of generated in an unregulated way de novo over hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um, and so actually that kind of culture and behavior change will, will take time. And so I, I, find, I find the challenge of communicating that very difficult. One of the things you mentioned in those remarks was actions, activities, things to take things from where we are to somewhere else. And this is complicated in part because Welcome is one of a number of players and organizations in the system. But I wondered if we could tease out a little bit, firstly, what Welcome feels it can and should do. And secondly, what some other players in the sort of science and technology system should do. For example, universities, but but there will be others too. But but starting with Welcome, what what can the Welcome Trust do? What should it be doing? So what what we what we can do and what we very much have power and control over is our own funding mechanisms and processes, right? And this is something that Welcome is has, has historically actually over the last couple of years been been thoughtful of how do we change our application processes and systems to increase the diversity of, of who gets funding and now we're actually going to kind of accelerate some of that change right we're um, coming up with a framework for how you might use positive action in funding decisions um, which there is actually very little precedence for in the uk and actually i think this is a perfect example of welcome taking responsibility for its own decision-making that then can have knock-on impacts for the wider sector. If we are successful at building a framework for, for this kind of uh, decision-making, how then can you influence other funders to take this on and, 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 and make it easy for other funders who might be hesitant to build this into their, their program of work to take it on? Additionally, we're developing a, a funding stream for racially minoritized researchers, which will be a you know, specific funding stream for those who are black or researchers of color. There's a handful of these in the UK. There's a lot of sensitivities that you, you need to consider when, when not only when you're developing this kind of program, but how you're delivering this kind of program. And so really what Welcome can do, and it's very well placed to do, is be experimental. And I, and I don't mean that in a, we have to be experimental for populations that have been excluded from research, but in a, in, in a way that's perceived as experimental, where we learn a bunch of things in this process, and then can share those learnings with lots of other folks who won't have the resource or initiative to try this. So I can see there are a number of things there. The initiatives specifically targeted funding streams for particular groups of ethnicities. 
but your wider funding stream and the positive action you might be taking there. I mean, just to break down slightly, is this is this in the peer review system? Is this in the application system? Is I mean, uh, or are there little bits throughout the whole system that you can see that you can put some positive action into? So positive action is actually quite a specific uh, legal term in the UK which refers to being able to make decisions based on people's protected characteristics. So currently, we're just thinking about it for funding decisions. So uh, we have data in our own portfolio that says particular groups are disadvantaged, and we can then say, you know, and, and, and we're still building the framework for this. So we can say, you know, candidates that have similar applications, we can then use someone's protected characteristic to say, actually, let's go with that candidate because they're underrepresented in our portfolio. We don't use positive action currently when thinking about how to recruit peer reviewers and committee members. We do put other measures in place to ensure that the population who is doing peer review or the population who is on a committee um, is diverse in background. So I wanted to ask you, the Wellcome Trust is quite an interesting example because it works globally. So we've been talking very much thinking about the UK, but obviously you do work internationally with a number of other countries. And I wonder if there are things that the UK can learn from certain other countries that also have ethnic minorities and a white majority population. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's really important to be really clear that a lot of equity, diversity, and inclusion concepts and discussions are dependent on the cultural, not only the cultural, but the historical context of a specific place. I think there's tons of things that the UK science and technology community can learn from other places. And actually, that's not just Western rich, predominantly white places. I think there's probably super innovative ways of thinking about this work that we can learn from contexts that are very different to the cultural and uh, historical context of the UK. Um, The thing that we should always be mindful of is how to translate some of that innovation into something that works for the UK. Yeah, I I find it really challenging when ideas and interventions are developed in a particular cultural context and then applied to a different one. Um, And so not only, right, you think about that as far as bringing learnings in, but then as the UK is trying to think about this work in the external context, how do we how do how do we think about that appropriately? And let me ask you a little bit about UK universities. And obviously, the majority of UK researchers that you fund, not all, but the majority, will be located within UK universities, and therefore, the culture, the promotion, the system within UK universities will affect. The people who are applying for jobs. So how do you see your role and Wellcome's role uh, in this kind of equity and diversity space interacting with UK universities? Yeah, I think we have to figure out ways for Wellcome to be a supportive partner for institutions, for them to, to help deliver these, these goals that we have. Um, and so that, you know, we could be very selfish and be like, how, how, are, how are institutions helping create a more diverse set of candidates that then can apply to welcome. But really, we just want more diversity in the system, right? It doesn't actually really matter who people apply to. Part of it is how welcome can be a supportive partner to institutions. And then part of it has to be, how do we create incentives that make institutions want to do this work? So I'm going to just tie some of this all together, um, because we're coming towards the end. And I'm interested in your kind of thoughts for the future, what welcome 
a sort of planning in the future, how far they'd like to get to, but also more generally, how you'd like to see the situation in UK science and technology in the, you know, pick a reasonable time, five years, say. Yeah, so if you, it's a, it's a tricky one, because about five years ago was when Welcome announced diversity and inclusion as a priority area. So actually, I, 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 we're actually late in the year now, so I'm wrong. It was, it was six years ago, it was in 2016. And so we've moved from okay, this is a formal conversation that needs to be had at an organizational level to now we're rethinking how funding is delivered to increase the diversity of who gets funding. So that's, that's actually quite a substantial amount of progress in six years. And so I, I, I would actually expect quite uh, high standards from an organization like Welcome. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd expect that we would see quite a small difference or no difference between success rates for applicants from different backgrounds. You know, I would expect that we are no longer not funding a single Black or uh, Black British applicant in the UK. Um, I'd expect that number to substantially increase given the, the programs that I've recently mentioned on this, on this session. Fantastic. Well, we'll have to see how all of that develops. And uh, hopefully those numbers that you've talked about will indeed uh, be something that we can look forward to see in the years to come. That's all we've got time for today. But uh, Dr. Diego Baptista, thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much, Gavin. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Dr. Diego Baptista, Head of Research and Funding Equity at the Wellcome Trust. On the 7th of December 2022, the Foundation for Science and Technology will be hosting an event entitled Black Scientists Tackling Racism in UK Science and Technology. Details of that event, which is free to attend either in person or online, can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk forward slash events. Also on our website are details of all our other events, all our blogs, journals and all previous editions of this podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.